0: On this episode, the Triple Crown, ceramics, corporate finance, and hot chocolate shots. Welcome to the Almost There Adventure Podcast. Varia Tilden, Jeff Hester, and Jason Fitzpatrick.
1: Welcome to the Almost There Adventure Podcast. Today's show, we have Carol Cheer Coin with us, who is an amazing person who's, gosh, she's done the, uh, she's through hiked the Pacific Crest Trail in 2019. Uh, you did the Continental Divide, kind of split it up over a couple of years. And this year, I hear you've got, you know, the triple crown in your eyesights. you know, so we're our fingers are crossed. Well, well, I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Um, Carol lives in Southern California where she creates ceramics, pottery and sells that uh, through dirt bag ceramics, which I will probably touch on that as well, because I think there's all, it all comes together. It all connects. Right. It's so, Carol, welcome to the show so happy that we could have you on and uh maybe talk tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh how did you get started hiking
2: yeah thank you and um i'm honored to be on your show thank you for having me uh so i got into backpacking actually with um the six pack of peaks challenge so we can obviously Woo! talk more about that because you're the founder <laughs> um but yeah i i maybe taking a step back. I've always been interested in the outdoors. I grew up hiking. My parents took me to Yosemite, which is still like my favorite place on earth. Mm. Uh, So I loved being in the outdoors, just growing up and everything. And I would look at my mom's photo albums and I would see her with her backpacking backpack on. She used to backpack herself. And so that really inspired me when I was in college. So I would see her pictures and I just told myself like, I really want to do this, but I didn't know anybody who knew how to backpack, I, I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't know where to get the gear. I didn't know who to ask. And so I just kind of let that dream slip away for a while until, um, I met somebody at work who talked about backpacking and said, Hey, if you want some gear, just go on Craigslist and you live kind of near an affluent area. Like Coto de Casa's is really affluent area. So he was like, get on there and see what you can find. So I found a backpacking backpack and I bought it, but it's sat in my closet for probably three years. And at a certain point I was like, I gotta start using this backpack. It's just sitting there collecting dust. So in twenty seventeen, I uh kind of signed up for the six pack of peaks challenge with my cousin. And we both had no clue what we were doing as far as backpacking. We had hiked before um plenty of times i hiked up saddleback mountain quite a bit in college but no backpacking and so we decided to backpack uh bernardino peak and Gregonio. so we said okay we could do the day hikes you know all the other peaks we'll do day hikes but those two let's backpack it because it seems like the mileage wise um, it, it might work out there's some camping areas there that we can get permits for and that sort of thing so we decided to backpack those two peaks so that, and we can talk more about the, the, what happened during that challenge, but, um, that's kind of the shorter answer of what got me into backpacking. And night number one on, um, Bernardino peak, I I thought I was going to die. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I probably had a 60 pound pack. I just packed my fears. I packed everything. So uh, that was a little bit of a struggle, but we made it. (laughs) It was beautiful, a beautiful place. We camped and everything. So that really kind of was my uh, little gateway drug into the world of backpacking. But it wasn't, it didn't necessarily start out smooth because I didn't know what I was doing and my cousin didn't know what he was doing either. So we, our second backpacking trip was on Gorgonio. And so that was our last peak to finish. And unfortunately we were kind of making allowances in our schedule for some other friends to come and they wanted to go near the end of September. And so unfortunately, (laughs) unfortunately, it got really cold the night we were out there and nobody was expecting it. So uh, I called the ranger the night before just to make sure we were good. And I had like very basic, cheap gear, backpacking gear. And so I just wanted to make sure we were good, wanted to check to see where the water sources were and that sort of thing. And everything seemed fine until we got there. The water source wasn't there. So we had to. Get our water from this little like trickle a mile back from where we came and that sort of thing and then it just got so cold at night so it, i think it got down to 18 degrees the ranger told us the next day we were not expecting that at all so it was freezing cold and we actually decided to leave we didn't we didn't summit we did not summit because we were like i this was low-key like scary.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Like we we could freeze to death out here. Yeah.
2: And I had really like I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have great gear. So my sleeping pad was not good and I froze to death basically overnight and everybody who camped there that night left immediately once the sun came out the next morning. So we didn't make it. That time <laughs> I attempted to summit a second time the year after that. So, so I guess that's a long way of saying I didn't complete the challenge. <laughs>
3: so the Unfinished next,
2: business. Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. Yes. And I have more to add to that. So the next year I was like, okay, I'm going to do this before I hike the PCT. So attempted twice. Mm-hmm. And the second time I went up through, uh, what's the, what's the day hiking route called starts with a V. Vivian Creek. Vivian Creek. So Vivian Creek. The group I was hiking with was very fast, and so I ended up getting altitude sickness because I didn't take my time, and I was a mile from the summit, and I turned around because I was uh, feeling very sick, and I knew this wasn't something to be trifled with. So to this day, you guys, I have not finished the challenge. So my challenge to myself now is once I finish the Triple Crown i'm summiting (laughs) gorgonio i
3: mean the
0: six pack of peaks is much more more prestigious of a thing than the triple crown oh yeah right i mean mean, that's you know (laughs) triple crowners Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) now are you trying to do the your overall triple crown you're not trying to do it all in a year are you are you um... no
2: No. i'm so i'm not i've met plenty of people who have Mm -hmm. um, done the triple crown in one year and including uh, the prodigy who I went to high school with. So oh, I got a lot of cool. intel from him when I decided to do the PCT, which was my first trail. Mm-hmm. So I had him as a resource, which was great, but um, no, I'm not doing it in one year. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm just going for over my lifetime, <laughs> which has been the past <laughs> like four years. So yeah, this year I'm planning to summit Katahdin to finish oh. the Triple Crown.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Good. And- um, Nice. Has altitude bothered you on any of your other trips? Because obviously, if you're doing the Pacific Crest Trail and you're, you know, you're doing the Continental Divide, you're going to be up pretty high. I mean, it was higher than Gorgonio, for sure, on the Pacific Crest Trail. If you're going over Forrester and a few of those other passes, Forrester is the highest on the. Um PCT, yeah, the right? PCT, yeah, yeah, not yeah, so. Um, so I mean, that's that's thirteen thousand. So that's obviously fifteen hundred higher than Gorgonio. So so you're nodding. Our audience can't see you nodding, but uh, <laughs> so assuming, <laughs> why don't you why don't you answer the question that I just spent fifteen minutes asking?
3: <laughs>
2: so yes, I I have major altitude sickness issues. Mm. So. The PCT, I didn't have too many issues because I was, you know, doing a through hike of it and you kind of work your way up through the desert section, you're getting higher and higher. And it's like a slow build entering the Sierra. So I didn't have trouble necessarily too much on the Pacific Crest trail a little bit. When I went over Forester, that descent, I have trouble on the descents. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly enough, I get more sick. I think it's just change in elevation. It doesn't matter if it's up or down for me. And um, anyway, so Forrester Pass gave me some issues, but it was okay. I didn't like throw up or anything like that. But um, Colorado on the Continental Divide Trail, that state was extremely tough for me. And I made a pact with myself and I said, if I throw up, I'm getting off trail. Like it's not worth it. People die of this. People actually, a hiker died last year of altitude mm. issues on the CDT. And I met him. So this... Mm stuff happens and I knew the enormity of the situation and I wouldn't want to put uh, personnel, medical personnel in danger because I made a dumb decision. Mm -hmm. So I made that pact with myself, if I throw up or worse, I'm getting off trail and I didn't end up throwing up. I felt nauseous quite a bit, probably more than half of the time, honestly, but I kept it at bay and I made it through the States. Mm So I don't recommend this to anybody. It probably wasn't the most responsible thing to do, but I did have a line that I drew where yeah, I would get yeah. off the trail. So luckily I made it through mm-hmm. and that's, well, the, oh, go ahead. Go
1: ahead. I, I think that's super smart. I mean, like you've already shared a couple of examples of where you made smart decisions basically to you know not go to the summit so, so and, and to stay alive and not freeze to death, you know, or, um you know to have a pact and 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 have a a decision made beforehand as to like what you're going to do if you throw up or if this happens this is what i'm going to do and i think that's what a lot of us i think a lot of people go into in any whatever adventure they're doing whether it's a a big hike or a climb or a long through hike and they think they don't think about like what might happen they think this is going to go well nothing's going to go wrong it's going to go well it's going to be great and you know positive thinking and all of that and i think you you're you're wise to prepare yourselves and have that uh, in your back pocket so when this happens then i'm going to do that i'm glad you didn't have to do that on the on the cdt though
2: right yeah i've had mm, i'm trying to think some close calls while hiking but nothing crazy i've never really injured myself that bad i really think safety is very important And a lot of that goes back to, I don't want to put other people in danger because of my decisions. So that's really the driving factor of how I make decisions. And the people that I've hiked with, like in my trail family, for example, we're all very similar in our mindset regarding safety. Some people aren't, some people are 20 years old, just out of college, and they just want to like, you know, do all the stuff and they don't care about necessarily maybe the repercussions of what they do. So it depends on where you are in your life and how much you're willing to risk. I'm not willing to risk my life. Or somebody else's life trying to save me to do these things. I want to make sure I'm safe about it. So I'll, I'll take a step back because Mother Nature is queen. <laughs> she is powerful. And I don't want to mess with that. I don't want to assume that I um, can survive things that I probably can't as a human being.
0: Have you tried the, the what is it, the, me, the Medicaid? What's the pill, the altitude sickness? Is it Dex? Uh, Diamox. Diamox, yeah. Have you tried Diamox. that?
2: Diamox. No, I probably
0: should.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, if you're gonna do the AT, you won't need it. You know what? Like, you know, three thousand feet. You know, that's you know, those aren't really mountains. So I know it's hard. I just, but they're not. You know,
1: they are mountains. They are mountains. I think we call call those foothills (laughs) out here in the West.
0: Steep foothills, I'm sure. You know.
1: So I thought that myself uh, until you know, like this last August, I was back there and I did the New England six pack of peaks. And these were you know, like New Hampshire and Vermont and the White Mountains and those trails are tough. And yeah, you don't get the altitude, so you won't have that issue, but they are steep and tough and rugged and gnarly. Um, a few years back, you know, back when they used to do the PCT, um, wait, it was the ADZ PCTKO, the annual day zero PCT <laughs> kickoff. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a mouthful you're going to be
0: you're going to be tested on that everyone so so write that down
1: yeah yeah yeah. uh used to be at lake marina and they um i i went down there one year just to kind of you know check it all out and people are doing gear shakedowns and there's alumni there and i i talked to some folks who had done the triple crown who were kind of like around my age because i wanted to pick their brain like how do you do this you know that sort of thing. And I and one of the questions I was asking is, well, what do you think of the three trails was the most difficult? And they both, both of the people, both of the guys that I asked said the AT, mm-hmm. the Appalachian Trail was the most difficult. And, I, and it's like, well, you know, the PCT is a highway. It's got, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot, it's long and it's got a lot of climb, but there's a lot of people and it's very well marked and all of that. The CDT's got more navigation challenges and some other challenges there, but the AT was, you know, is so old and was built back before, you know, they thought about like doing switchbacks. switchbacks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So you're just like using your hands and climbing up things and it's crazy. So uh, I don't know what you've heard, but uh, and, and maybe what are you looking forward to about the AT?
2: So I guess I'll start with what I've heard. Um, I, I have heard a lot of people say the AT is the most challenging because of what kind of what you mentioned, the climbs, no switchbacks, mud, rain, weather, bugs. My hiking partner, Snickers, he's from Manhattan. He started with the AT and he finished his triple crown on the CDT, so I got to see him finish. And I was asking him like, okay, out of the three, what do you think is the hardest? Granted, he section hiked the AT, so that, that is a factor. But he said the cdt so it's funny and maybe it's because the cdt was so fresh i'm not totally sure but it definitely depends on who you talk to but i haven't heard a lot of people say the pct was the hardest so i think it goes back and forth between maybe the two but i've heard more a t is the hardest so i'm going to finish with that one why not right (laughs) but um what
3: i've heard heard people say that Oh, sorry, I've heard people say that the AT is physically harder because of the steepness and the rocks and it's like, they're like, it's like technically hard. Um, But for people who've done the AT and when they come to the PCT, I've heard the big challenge is meant is more mental, that idea of on the AT, there's a town, you know, you're never far from a town, you're never far from like an exit point where when you get on the PCT, it's like, oh, no, like, if your feet are going out or something happens, like you're days away from support, potentially. Versus, you know, having like a couple hours or, you know, in the next couple miles, I've heard there's a big like mental challenge uh, that the PCT kind of is a little bit tougher with.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. There are a lot of like in the Sierra, you don't have cell service much Mm -hmm. and thing, and you're, if you're in the snow, like I was, 2019 was a very heavy snow year. You're very far away from a town because you're hiking a mile an hour, really. So it's very slow going. So yeah the mental challenge for for me, the two, uh, especially the CDT for me was pretty intense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it'll be interesting to see how the AT compares to that because I think it's gonna be very different. I think Mm -hmm. it's gonna be very different, but Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to the community. That's what I've been hearing about the AT. And um, that's what the, I I founded a thru-hiking community, mostly online, but we're getting more in, in person doing in-person events and that sort of thing but um that's what really moved me about hiking the pct and the cdt was the hiking community and that's part of the reason why i hiked the pct as well was for the community so uh that's what i'm really looking forward to on the at and um all of the town stops (laughs) it, it seems a little bit more luxurious in that way you know, what you were saying, there's more stops, there's more places to bail out if you have an issue or something like that. So I haven't done too much research on the AT at this point. I've bought my plane ticket, but I don't even really know what to expect. I kind of like that. I kind of like not having a preconceived idea of what the hike should be. So i take just it looking, as it comes. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking forward to what it will uh, unveil to me yeah. as I hike.
1: So uh, you've bought your plane ticket, when do you start the trail?
2: So I start mid-April, I start after Easter. Yeah. All right, coming up. Um, It is. (laughs) Luckily I have all my gear pretty much dialed in. Um, I don't know if you wanna talk about gear, but I have a lot to say about the gear that I have. I don't know if that's what you wanna focus on, but I'm pretty dialed in with that. So I feel like I'm ready on that front. But. I don't really know what else to expect, so.
1: (laughs) Well, you've spent a lot of miles on the trail and you've spent a lot of miles, you're doing some long trails, you know, backpacking. So I imagine you've had a chance to, you know, try a lot of different things as far as gear goes. Let's talk about that. You know, like, what have you done and what maybe whatever you're doing, what are you doing differently for the AT based on your research?
2: As far as gear, you know, I'm actually not doing a ton differently. I'm keeping, pretty much most I was pretty dialed in for the Pacific Crest Trail as well I did a lot of shakedown hikes and that sort of thing I did the Trans Catalina Trail so I really dialed in my gear at the beginning of my Triple Crown so I'm not really changing much I'm trying to think I was thinking about upgrading my rain gear but a lot of people are saying that when it gets really hot and humid you don't even want to put your rain gear on so I, I'm hearing different things about rain gear. So I was gonna upgrade my rain gear, but I'm actually might not do that just because of what I've been hearing about, you don't need, you know, this or that. So I think I'm just going with what I have.
1: Well, what, what do you have? Like, what do you use as like your sleep yeah. system, for example, or your shelter?
2: So uh, I have to shout out my backpack mm-hmm. <laughs> first, because it's my favorite piece of gear. So I have a Hyperlite Rider, and it's, it's waterproof or mostly water resistant. And it's been like my ride or die piece of gear. So, um, that's, I'll just go over the big four, I guess. So yeah, I love my pack It's I'm on my second one and it's just the best. So that's my pack. I have a big Agnes Copper Spur UL one and I've used that. Me
1: too. <laughs> okay, yay, <Big> <laughs>
2: um, I've had pretty good luck with that tent. So I big Agnes team over here as well. I have an Enlightened Equipment uh, quilt and a Thermarest rest sleeping pad. The, what's it called? x light? The X-Lite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I
0: have the, uh, well, I have the same. I have Enlightened Equipment uh, quilt and uh But I have the yeah. hot, what's the hot one? <laughs> what's the really warm? Uh,
2: oh, the X-Therm?
0: The X-Therm, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. very nice, yeah. I'm too mm-hmm. tall for the, uh, for that tent, though. <laughs> I, yes. I, I, uh, I had to get a, I had to get a taller tent.
2: <laughs> would a two-person work i know some people do like a two-person one one. Oh person. yeah no i'm a
0: two-person regardless i don't i don't think any of those one person <laughs> ones are gonna yeah I certainly like flying coach i'm like two people you know yeah that 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 that, that definition of person doesn't doesn't quite uh doesn't I, quite fit
1: I, me. I i i my, my my buddy ben uh is also tall like you yeah. jason he's a i don't know six foot three or something like that and We've done some bike packing together, and he got the the Big Agnes Copper Spur. They have a bike packing version of that mm-hmm. that has shorter poles, and it's actually the geometry is a little bit different because it's like a little more narrow and uh, confining than the backpacking version that I've the, of the UL one that I've got. And he he's like he, it's tough, you yeah. know, to like get in his sleeping bag and climb out of that and all of that. So I yeah. I. Um, I appreciate having a little bit of room. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, the Marmot, I have the Marmot, uh, tungsten UL two person. And that, that's good. You know, that's actually really roomy for me. So that's nice. And you know, it's not that heavy. It's I'm sure the weight weenies would call it very heavy, but it's like three pounds or less. And that's, you know, compared to what I used to carry when I first started backpacking, you know, five, six pounds. You're like, this is so light, you know, <laughs>
1: Yeah, so when you started, you talked about those first couple backpacking trips you did like on San, on San Bernardino and San Gorgonio, and you were carrying 60 pounds on your back. What are you down to now like on a typical trip? Uh, what's your sort of base yeah, weight?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. So I started the PCT really, you know, concerned with my, my base weight. So my base weight at the beginning of the PCT was 15 and a half pounds. I've added weight Mm -hmm. (laughs) as I've hiked because I think when you start a long trail, you're worried. Well, at least for me, I was worried about getting injured, like by carrying too much weight. So I really wanted to make sure I honed everything in to only what I needed. So I started off with the 15.5 base weight and I've added weight because now I know my body can handle it. I know I'm strong. I haven't been injured much. So I don't really care about weight at this point. When I was hiking the PCT, probably fully packed. I was like 30-ish pounds, give or take, depending on how much water I had, how much what, what my food carry, how many days my food carry was and that sort of thing. The Sierra was my heaviest I probably have ever been because you have to carry a bear canister mm-hmm. and more food if you're hiking through snow and more clothing, more gear. I had crampons uh-huh. when I was going through there and ice sacks, all that stuff. So I think I was pushing 45 and you're not supposed to do that in the Hyperlite pack mm-hmm. because the Hyperlite pack is a mostly frameless pack. There's little styes in there but um it's mostly frameless so i was pushing it in the sierra so my heaviest was probably like 45 ish now i think i'm more 35 ish cuz i've added some gear that are more luxury items and mm-hmm. i love my luxury
1: (laughs) What, what are some of your luxury items maybe one or two of them
2: okay so when i was hiking the cdt this was recent i went to a place called dave's it's called dave's place and it's in montana along the trail so you can resupply there you can go into i think it's lincoln where you could go into so i decided not to go into lincoln and just resupply dave's place so he had all the gear you could need in there and i saw this little this is ridiculous i saw this little like you know, the camping cups that are blue and speckled Mm -hmm. and I think they're some sort of enamel or something, they're pretty lightweight, a shot glass size with a little handle. And I got that (laughs) because I love having hot chocolate and I I don't like a ton of hot chocolate. It's just like a little hot chocolate. So I make my little hot chocolate in there and I still carry it to this day. So I'm carrying (laughs) it on the AT for sure. (laughs) A shot of
1: hot chocolate, basically.
2: Yeah. I love it.
0: (laughs) So so out of cure, why didn't why haven't you just made yourself? Because you do ceramics. Have you not thought of just like making yourself? Um, no. Do you bring any of do you make have you like made ceramic trekking poles or any like ceramic gear?
2: No, unfortunately not. Um mm-hmm. so ceramic is breakable mm-hmm. and the the enamel, you know, camping cups and stuff are not as breakable. They're more lightweight. Ceramic isn't totally lightweight unless you throw it very thin. So you could use maybe mm-hmm. porcelain or something, but that's very breakable and I throw my pack around. So I don't mm-hmm. think that would work out very well. So that's why I haven't. Um, but I do make ceramics that are inspired by trail. So mm-hmm. I, I don't bring it with me, but I am inspired by what I've seen you, out in the wild.
1: You bring the inspiration back to your ceramics.
2: Yes, that's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yep, So <laughs> no ceramics on trail, unfortunately. But I bring it back home to me. Cool.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: so,
1: so we've talked a little bit about community and i think that's one of the things that's really that i've heard because i've t- i've i've dreamed of doing you know one of these long trails for not really not the cdt so much but the, you know, maybe the pct or the at and um at different times and one of the things that kind of you hear over and over again about the the appalachian appalachian trail is that um, You know, there's a really strong sense of community there you get you see people all the time you run into towns all the time. And I think uh, one of the one of the risks of doing the AT is that, you know, it's, it can get really easy to go in and take a zero day here and a zero day there and pretty soon you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm gonna hit, it's gonna start snowing before I hit Katahdin. Community is really important. And I know that you have just not, I don't know how long ago, but you started a online community. Talk a little bit about that and how that got started and what it's all about.
2: Perfect, yeah, I can talk for days about this. I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> so in 2020, I, I got off the PCT in 2019. So I was going through post-trail depression, which is a, an issue for, i have argue almost every hiker who gets off a long distance hike. And I was really missing my trail friends. There wasn't really an easy way to connect with long distance hikers. And I I talked to obviously a lot of them after trail. And what seems to happen is people do this amazing long distance hike and they meet wonderful people. And then they just kind of go back to their normal life and let that drop off. And I could not face having to have that piece of my life drop off. So I was like, there's got to be a way to connect the community a little bit more besides Facebook. Um, I don't know if you guys have been on the Facebook groups and Reddit and stuff, but people can get kind of mean on these groups.
0: (laughs) Jeff, Jeff, you haven't haven't experienced that at all, have you? Oh,
1: my gosh. Moderating
0: the SoCal Hiker page on Facebook
1: yeah right it it, it's uh yeah social media can be tough yeah
2: it can be tough as i think probably you guys know everybody knows social media can be a little tough so i wanted there to be more of a safe place for hikers to connect specifically long distance hikers so i was kind of brainstorming ideas and i was like why don't i just create a little something on zoom um because at this point covid was happening and in-person meetups couldn't couldn't come uh couldn't be a thing. So I was like, you know what, let me just start some Zoom meetups for the class of 2020 who couldn't, you know, a lot of people in 2020 who were planning their Pacific Crest trail trips, for example, couldn't go. Their Appalachian trail trips couldn't go. So I decided to set up a little support group Zoom meetup to just talk about it. (laughs) And so uh, I I was afraid that nobody would show up, but I went on Facebook and said, hey guys, you know, I know, Unfortunately, COVID is a thing now. And if um, you guys need some support, like I hiked a PCT and I'd love to talk to you more about maybe your options or just commiserate with you and that sort of thing. Or if you're an experienced hiker, also hop on because I'd love to talk with you and see you. So I was really scared that nobody would show up. (laughs) But I think, oh my gosh, maybe 40 people ended up signing up. And with Zoom, you have like, 40 to 50% show up rate. So half of that, you know, many showed up and I was just, it was a very therapeutic experience for me and for everybody else. So I was like, okay, I think I'm on to something here because nothing like like this exists right now. There's no organized way aside from social media to connect. So I kept up with hosting these Zoom meetups and I would have- How often
1: were you doing these?
2: So I was doing them uh, maybe twice a month. So I would do one meetup for experienced hikers to talk about post-trail depression or their future hikes or whatever it was. And then I had a meetup for new and experienced hikers to um, talk about trail. Because I know for me, when I was hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, I didn't have a lot of great resources or like one-on-ones or kind of like... Uh, you know, what you do on Zoom. You can talk to people and see people. There wasn't really anything like that, aside from like blog posts and vlog posts, where it's more of a one way versus a two way. So I had meetups with new hikers and experienced hikers. So there, you know, there could be that back and forth, like, hey, what do you do about this? Or uh, what town do I go in when I'm here? You know, because there's so many questions you have when you're preparing for a long distance hike like I did. So that's kind of how it started. And as this kept progressing, there were more and more people that were coming in i got a, lo- a lot of really good feedback like thank you so much for doing this especially the experienced hikers would thank me because it's it's kind of lonely when you don't have anybody to talk to about your experiences uh people who haven't done a long distance hike either tune out and they get bored <laughs> like my family or my friends you have like a week window when you get back to like talk about it and then they don't want to hear about it anymore So. It was a nice way for hikers to talk trail without worrying about people getting bored. So I founded Thruer in April of 2020. And uh, we've been going strong ever since. We just launched our new website, which takes the community to the next level. We have a hiker map. So if you are able to get in to the, it's a closed community. And so we have our community rules and that sort of thing to kind of weed out the people who just want to spread hate. (laughs) So it's a closed community that's right we read out the trolls and we have the right to do so so we have an application if you're planning to do a long distance hike or if you're an experienced hiker or trail if you're a trail angel we also loop you guys you know in um so if you apply there you have access to all these really cool things um that connects the community so we just launched that and um we're really going to ramp it up Next year, when I'm back from trail, so this is kind of a beta test year, but it's going really well so far. So, um, I'm going to stop talking about that now, just because I could talk for days about it. <laughs> but that's <laughs> the gist. It's, it's you know, our goal is to connect a lot the long distance hiking community, and um, I think we're we're doing that, and I think we're really going to be on a roll next year.
1: So I think one of the questions that I have, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners probably have, about anybody who tackles a long trail like the appalachian trail which you're doing this year um you've got you know you're you've got your business doing the ceramics you have the thrower that community how do you step you're gonna and how long are you gonna be on on the at five months or something like that
2: i'm gonna try to get it done somewhat quickly so i'm guessing it'll be four and a half months but we'll see We'll see. I know mileage is lower on the AT versus the other trails, just average mileage. So I, I'm hoping four and a half months, but we'll see what happens.
1: Okay, well, so four and a half months still is it's a long way to sort of, like, unplug from, you know, the day to day stuff, you know, your work and uh, everything involved in that. So how do you manage that? And you know, what are, what are some strategies that other people can maybe use to um, Take on their big adventure, whatever that is.
2: So, are you talking about kind of prepping for trail and like financially? And yeah. That sort of- yeah. Or- like, how do
1: you how do you do that? You know, like, you know, I mean, do your, does your ceramic business go on hold for five, four and a half? Excuse me, four and a half months, um, or? you know, is there some other thing that you can do to kind of like keep that running? Or do you, you how does that work?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So I guess, first of all, I should mention, I'm also a consultant in corporate finance. That's how I fund all of this. And (laughs) the company that I work for, and I'm self-funding through her as well. It's like a bootstrap thing. So a lot of my income is going towards that and my ceramics as well. But I do make an income off my ceramics at this point. But um, yeah, I'm basically self funding, you know, my trip, obviously, and uh, through and that sort of thing. So I was able to find a company that to work for, I consult with them, and they're okay with me taking months off. And I know a lot of people are, you know, mind boggled, mind boggling thing, like, how do you afford this? And how do you know, when you come back that you have a job? So I was lucky enough to find um, an employer that was okay with that. And I knew somebody working there who recommended me because I worked hard. (laughs) I worked very hard, um, in my previous life before the PCT. So that's how I fund everything. And I know a lot of people have questions about that. So I am very lucky in that respect. And as far as my ceramic business, it does go on hold. However, I do have monthly newsletters that I, um, I give my subscribers every month. So once a month on trail, um, I have somebody helping me with the newsletters. And she's kind of like my marketing, um, my marketing person. <laughs> and so I'll be in touch with her as I'm in town, and I'll I'll be sending her like photos of my inspiration and how things are going and that sort of thing. So once a month, I give everybody an update on on that. So that's that does keep going as I'm on trail, but I'm not actually creating anything until I get back. And so for my collection, when I get back for the holidays, will be inspired by whatever trail I hiked. So for the CDT this past year, that was a big inspiration for me. And now this year it'll be the AT. That will be my inspiration. So it kind of like is on hold as far as the creating side, like actually creating, but um, the wheels are definitely turning while I'm out there and I am reaching out to the audience, um, the drip Ceramics audience there. Mm-hmm. For Thrower, it's not really on hold much. I work when I'm in town. <laughs> so um, I work from my phone. Really, this is, this is such a valuable tool. I'm so happy that I can work from my phone. But I also do have somebody who edits our podcast because I do, me and we have a, a trail team, a thrower trail team. So people out on trail are trail correspondents that update the podcast and that sort of thing. So I have an editor that edits the podcast episodes and our videos and that sort of thing. So I do have people who help me while I'm out, but I do a lot of the stuff myself when I'm in town. So
1: I don't really get a break. <laughs> well, it, I guess you could say that the trail is your break from the work, yes. right? Is, mm, <laughs> so it's not is. like you need a vacation from the trail, you know, your Definitely. trail is your vacation in a way.
0: So I noticed you have an Instagram page for, you know, your hiking page. You have one for your ceramics, and you have one for Thruer. I didn't see one for your corporate finance job, though. Do you have an Instagram? Yeah, what we? No, no. I didn't. I didn't see much of a trace of that in your social media footprint as I as I go through and try to come up with questions to ask at the moment because I slacked off on the research today. There's stacks no, of paper. No. Or I yeah. guess it would
1: be all digital now. You know, yeah. like here's my spreadsheet. Yeah, you know, or whatever.
0: Excel. It's all
1: Excel spreadsheets.
3: Oh um, yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm an Excel nerd, that's for (laughs) sure. Yeah, no, but I do have my... um my CFO follows me on my personal page.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have to be careful what I post
2: on there. Yeah. And um, my, my boss, the director of finance also follows me. So they're mm-hmm. fully supportive of what I do though. Oh, cool. They think it's really cool. But um, no, I don't have a page for my corporate finance job. Okay.
0: Well, you know, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have found a question to ask there anyway. So, yeah. but, I, but I figured I should, mm-hmm. I just want to make sure I wasn't missing anything. What, one,
1: there'd only be one question. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>, yeah. <laughs>
2: it might be a little boring for people yeah Mm,
1: well i'm sure there are
0: corporate finance podcasts out there right i i mean i wouldn't it's not something i would seek out but there must be
2: you know, there's actually a really good, and my CFO showed this to me because she's on Instagram as well, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, she showed me this really great Excel guru who is on Instagram. So I totally followed him because I'm such a nerd with Mm -hmm. Excel and like better ways to do things. So there are some pretty cool, if you are an Excel nerd or in finance or whatever, Mm -hmm. there are some pretty good, um, Instagram profiles that you can follow, That that's, you know, nerd like
1: me. <laughs> I, I just I just did a quick search. There are uh forty-nine thousand Instagram posts tagged with hashtag uh, corporate finance. Oh. So okay. who knew?
0: Yeah.
3: Who knew? I didn't <laughs> now i'm gonna try to forget that yeah so
0: so now you have what do you think is next after you do the at once you have the triple crown do you have what's next do you have another bucket list you have other you know other hikes you want to do what 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 are you thinking once this is done
2: you know i've been so focused on the triple crown i wasn't planning on doing the triple crown Mm -hmm. after the pct uh but my friend snicker's hopped on the CDT. And I was like, you know what, can I come with you? Okay. <laughs> so I wasn't really planning on doing the triple crown, but the past couple of years, I have been focused on the triple crown and and I just like see that in my dreams. I don't really know. I would like to check out smaller trails. I don't know if I would necessarily do a long trail anytime soon, just because it's, it's a big endeavor. And to take that much time off of work is a hit to the finance, my own personal financials <laughs> and that sort of thing. So I think I wanna focus more on the smaller trails mm-hmm. and the AZT is kind of calling my name, mm-hmm. the Arizona Trail.
1: The Arizona Trail, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. so I, I'm very intrigued by the Arizona Trail. I, I didn't realize I would love the desert so much. Uh, I loved mm-hmm. New Mexico on the CDT, which mm-hmm. I think is probably surprising for people to hear. It was very surprising for me. Uh, I love the desert in California from the PCT so I'm very uh intrigued by the mm-hmm. desert it's a magical place so I think I I think the AZT might be next for me but yeah, yeah the smaller trails the JMT. I love
0: <laughs> even Palmdale are you telling me you actually love like Palmdale <laughs> I have a hard no, time believing that
2: really, like every part of the desert was <laughs> yeah. even even the CDT so the first stretch of the CDT is extremely intense And that's kind of where a lot of people get weeded out right off the bat. I loved it. (laughs) And I didn't think I would, it was so just far out there and harsh. I don't know, I can't even explain why I loved it, but I loved it. I think it's because it was so secluded. Nobody was out there. And there's definitely a beauty to the desert, especially sunrises. I have a a ceramic uh, design named after the New Mexico desert sunrises because they were so magical. So. Yeah, I think the AZT. I'm really I'm really drawn to the AZT. Uh-huh.
1: Cool. Beyond that. So you you know, you've you've been hiking, you've been doing some long hikes for a number of years now. Where does that go? I mean, is that something do you do you see yourself doing trips more like the AZT, the little bit shorter, you know, distance indefinitely as long as your your feet will carry you forward?
2: I think so, and I think that's why I wanted to go into consulting for corporate finance. I'm trying to plan out my life at this point because I never want to stop hiking. Uh, I see actually during the six pack of peaks challenge, I remember seeing um, a woman at the top of Mount Baldy and she wasn't a beautiful, strong, elderly woman. And I was like, that's what I want. I want to be that because she is so vibrant. She's living her best life. And um, that's what I want for myself. So yeah, I would like to keep hiking well into my older years and I've structured my life. I'm lucky enough to be able to structure my life where I can have at least two months off a year. And I want to keep that going with, with the consulting gig. So hopefully that works crossing my fingers. I know life happens sometimes, but that's kind of what I'm hoping to do just indefinitely having a couple mm-hmm. months months, just get out in nature and hike. Cause it's, I know you guys probably all know it's extremely therapeutic to go out in nature, and I personally don't get enough of that. And that's I'm going through post-trail depression now, actually, because I'm inside all the time. So I'm trying to get out for walks in the morning before work, but it's very tough for me. So I need that time every year to just shed the anxiety and shed just being inside all the time and reconnect with nature. So I would like to do that every year, at least a couple of weeks off
1: since you mentioned you know like shedding that anxiety and sort of reconnecting with nature and everything how long does it usually take you like when you start a a trip i mean i know i know kind of my own experience but what is it like for you and like how long does it take before you start you stop worrying about you know meetings and you know spreadsheets and all of that
2: my first step all right (laughs) (laughs) on trail is just it's almost like I don't know if you guys have ever been surfing. I'm not a good surfer, but I've been surfing. I've had that experience of catching a wave. Everything becomes quiet. That's my first step on trail. And I'm getting emotional even thinking about this, but I remember my first step on the PCT. I was was so scared because I didn't know what I was really getting myself into. And I was crying on the way there. (laughs) I was just so nervous and I was so afraid. And I took my first step and then everything got quiet. And then I know you guys are hikers, so you know that sound of like the crunching on the, the gravel or the sand or whatever you're walking on. That was just kind of my metronome for, for my life on trail. So yeah, it's my first step and I cannot wait for my first step on the AT.
0: <laughs> and uh, I get what you, you're talking about, kind of the, the sound and the, and the feel. Do you listen to music or podcasts or audiobooks or anything while you hike or do you mostly just listen to like the the nature and stuff around you?
2: When I started the PCT, I didn't listen to anything until I got to the Tehachapi area. So I spent, what was that, 400-ish miles, I think, or so, without anything. And then I... I was stuck in this like windstorm and I was by myself. And I, w- I was like, I'm gonna go crazy if I don't listen to something right now. So I popped in my earbuds. And from then on out, um, I listen, I usually listen to something every day, mostly in the afternoon after lunch, just because it just gets me going a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm going up a really tough climb, like in Colorado, for example, it's just up and down and up and down all day long. So much elevation gain at altitude. Um, I would I would definitely pop in the earbuds and just one though, so I could hear what else was going on around me. Um, so yeah, I'll listen. I love listening to podcasts. I love listening to music, audiobooks, all of it. Yeah, I'll do that. Maybe for like a couple hours a day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you do you have like a go to song or playlist that you go to when you need that like little extra motivation to climb that that pass?
2: There, this is embarrassing. But yeah, so I have Spotify and I created a at the time, this was on the PCT. I've since renamed the um, the playlist that I created. But my first playlist was called PCT turnt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so ridiculous. But yeah, that's, that's all like my whole playlist of just songs that pump me up and get me up over a pass or whatever. Yeah, so I do. I have my own playlists. Can, yep. can, can
0: you give us a top five songs that that you uh, you know that you like to hear mm-hmm. while you're or artists like who, who who's on the turn to podcast?
2: Okay, we're talking about turn. I also have a relax or a chill one. PCT chill.
0: Oh. Okay. So
2: I have both. Um, let me go to it really quick. I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Like, uh, so I listen to a lot of R and B and rap. Oh, <laughs> so a lot of them okay. are not appropriate at all, but I love it. Um, so I like listening to Ice Cube there's this song this is also ridiculous there's a song called sasquatch that just like for whatever reason it just
1: gets it's me about up. Jason. It's about me <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. That's what's i don't coming know that but mind.
1: you know
0: probably That's what's
2: coming to mind and then rage against the machine oh, yeah, has saved yeah. me so many times <laughs> so it just pumps me up gets me up and over yeah those are the two that come to mind oh nice <laughs> yeah.
3: So I have a question with uh, with your whole thruer community. Um, so since you launched thruer, have, sorry if I'm like timelines. Have you done a thru hike since you launched thruer?
2: Yes. So I launched thruer in between the PCT and the CDT, and I launched thruer okay. without knowing I was going to do the triple crown. So I just was done with the PCT, okay. and I was going through post trail depression. And, um, that's when I launched it. So it was in between the two.
3: So now that that community is growing, are you like, you know, are, have you found that your trip planning for the AT is different just as far as like community and who else is going to be on the trail sort of leading into the trip with the, with that community? And like, are there like people in the community who are also doing it? And like, how has that sort of influenced or impacted your trip planning for this one?
2: Yeah. So. I'm not doing anything differently. I would plan this whether Thruer was a thing or not. However, I've met so many people through Thruer that you know they're gonna trail Angel for me when I'm hiking or a couple people were on our trail That's team true. before in 2022 and 2021. And I'm, I'm starting a day after one of our trail team, that previous trail team members. So I'm gonna definitely see people on trail that I've connected with like via Zoom and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, the in-person I'm very excited about. And um, we're going to try in the future to do a lot more in-person meetups. And that's kind of what the map is for. So the map, if you have a profile on the private community, you have a little pin that pops up on a world map so you can see where everybody is. And um, that's really going to help us do more in-person stuff. So I'm excited for the in-person meetups on the AT. And, um, you know, I was able to connect with these people because I founded ThruWork. So uh, yeah, I'm excited about the in-person meetups with with these people. And I think there's going to be a lot of trail magic and a lot of people that I'm going to meet in person for the first time that I know from througher the througher community.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you, are you like, have you been training for the AT? I mean, I guess you've been through two, so you sort of know what what you're in store for, but do you have a training regimen? How do you prepare for, for, for an effort like that?
2: So ideally I'm a runner, so yeah. I'm a crazy person. I like to run. <laughs> We're talking about that earlier. I do like to run, however, um, my corporate finance job has been pretty intense since I got back. So I haven't had a lot of time outside of work to train. I do do Pilates five times a week, but it's only for like 15 to 20 minutes. I found that Pilates really helped me through um, on the CDT. So I did a lot of Pilates before the CDT, and I feel like that really helped me. It wasn't necessarily hiking or running, but I was strong, my core was strong. So I really like doing Pilates. That's kind of my go-to almost every day. I'll do Pilates and it's, you know, just a little bit of time (laughs) because I'm busy. I get home from work late. So at least I can just roll out my mat and do, um, you know, some strength training and Pilates and stuff. But ideally I run four times a week, maybe like three miles. And now, now I run walk. I run walk and sometimes I'll throw my pack on. So that's ideal. I'm not there yet. I'm going to talk to my CFO and my boss about maybe going into work late so I can take advantage of daylight hours <laughs> and then maybe working later. So I want to try to train a little bit more before the ATA. have a couple months, so I'm still good. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I can't do that, I'm just going to have to go with what I have, which is Pilates. And um, I do try to walk every day, at least get a mile in. So this morning I went out for a mile long walk and really? it was so so wonderful. So at least I can do that. But um, ideally I'm running four, four times a week, three miles every time. And then doing Pilates, that's enough.
3: Speaking of like training, have you ever had to come off the trail for an injury or have have you ever had sort of, yeah, any injuries or things that you've had to deal with that have taken you off trail or delayed starts?
2: That's a great question. So I haven't had any intense injuries where I had to get off trail for more than three days. I did take at the beginning of the PCT. I had this weird, like hip issue where I could barely walk up stairs. Like I was staying with a trail angel in Wrightwood. And I don't know what I did. I don't know what happened. I was so scared that I would have to get off trail, but like my hip, something was going on with my hip where I could barely make it up the stairs. I was freaking out. So I took three zeros in Wrightwood and magically it, was okay um, when I headed out of Wrightwood. I don't know what happened there. I can't explain it to this day, but I'm just glad it didn't linger. I have had um, shin splits to the point, and this was the end of the desert section in the PCT. So I had had pretty bad shin splints to the point where I thought maybe I had many fractures in my bone. But when I was in Tehachapi, I like Googled everything because I was really I was like limping on trail and having a hard time. And so I learned about some um, different exercises that I could do, um, massaging the calf muscle and that sort of thing, and um, just taking smaller steps. If anything, this is a tip for hikers out there who tend to get injured watch your steps if you take smaller steps that might help whatever ailment that you have it's worth a try so i was taking smaller steps and over about two weeks of massaging my um my calf muscles with my trekking poles religiously like every hour i was stopping to massage (laughs) my my muscles um uh, after about two weeks i was completely shin splint free so, um, I'm really glad I did the research and I also met somebody, this is a, an example of the trail provides the trails provided so much for me when I needed, you know, whatever it was the most. So a uh, woman that I was hiking near her, uh, trail name was hop along. Mm-hmm. She used to be a athlete in high school and she was like, oh, you have shin splints. Well, it's because your calf muscle is tight. And so she was part of the reason why I knew about the calf muscle. That's the root cause. So, um, yeah, the trail provided me in that way where I knew kind of, she showed me what to do too. So between research and the trail providing, I figured that out, luckily. (laughs) Um, and then after I got off the PCT, um, I, I was very injured with, uh, tendonitis in my Achilles tendons, both of them. And I have had to rehabilitate them for four months so I could walk normally again, I could barely walk downstairs. So um, that was because, I think, that was because I got rid of my insoles halfway through the PCT. So I'm never doing that again. <laughs> but that's, that's the extent of um, my injuries, mostly on the PCT.
1: All right, so one, one question that we, we have to ask you, and it hasn't come up yet, but how did you get your trail name, Cheer?
2: Yay. Great question. So, trail names usually come from a character trait or some crazy thing that happened or some event. So, here is because I have a cheerful outlook on life. Um, it's a character trait. So, I was hiking up Mount Baden-Powell and um, 2019 was a very snowy year on the PCT, very wet and cold year in the desert section. So, this was in the desert section of the PCT. and. This was right after my, that hip incident out of Wrightwood as well. So luckily that cleared up, but I was hiking up Mount Baden Powell and whoever cut the trail went straight up the mountain in the snow. And so people were not in a great mood. <laughs> and so I ended up uh, cheering people up the mountain. You got this, we got this, let's go, let's do this. You're amazing. And so um, two of the women that I was hiking around uh, said, you're really cheerful. Um, you know, you're, you don't have a trail name yet. Why don't, why don't you take cheer? And I was like, okay, I'll think about it, because you can choose to accept a trail or not, um, at least on the PCT. you know it might be different on other trails, but on the PCT, you can kind of choose to accept or not. You don't usually give yourself a trail name on the PCT. So I was like, yeah, I'll think about it. So when I got to the top of Mount Baden-Powell, they have a book there you can sign. And so I ended up signing it. Cheer, and that's where I um, took the name. So- It was
1: official. Yeah.
2: It was official on Mount Baden-Powell, yes. love it. <laughs>
3: So did you keep cheering people all throughout the PCT for the next few thousand miles or a couple
2: thousand miles? <laughs> yes. The PCT. Yes. However, I feel bad for my trail family on the CDT because I was actually kind of grumpy, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's the other side of my personality, is cheer and then grump. So the, the CDT was very difficult for me. So in the morning, so I'm not a morning person. <laughs> So I was a little grumpy in the morning, but um, I still, you know, I still tend to cheer people on even if I'm grumpy, but there's a little grumpy in there too. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I um, even Founding througher is my way of cheering on the community. So um, I think that's still going to this day. I'm not as grumpy anymore because I'm not on the CDT, I finished it.
1: <laughs> no desire to go back and revisit it at some point in the future?
2: Definitely sections. I would definitely visit sections of the CDT. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I, I do kind of um, like the idea of maybe hiking Sobo on the PCT someday, someday, like far, far away someday. Mm-hmm. I don't feel inclined to ever hike the whole CBT ever again. But sections, yes, definitely sections. Mm-hmm.
3: All right. What sections? Because you, people can't see your face. You get very excited when you say like there's sections. So what sections?
2: Okay. So I love New Mexico. I would actually hike all of New Mexico again. That probably sounds really weird, but (laughs) it was just magical. Um, The geodes sparkling in the sun, the cow, I'm amazed by cows. And that sounds probably really weird too, but cows can climb up these little spaces that I could barely climb up. They can survive through very harsh conditions. And they're also very cute. So um, I would do New Mexico again, actually. The Gila section of New Mexico, which is an alternate technically to the CDT. It's not the red line. The red line is the official CDT. I would go back to the Gila. That was gorgeous. Lots of river crossings, (laughs) but it was beautiful there. Uh, Glacier National Park was the crown jewel of the whole trail. And I'm so glad I ended there. I know a lot of people say the CDT is a southbound trail, but I'm very glad I finished in um, at the waterton lake terminus there's two termini that you can finish out on the cdt if you hike northbound and the waterton lake terminus Mm -hmm. was epic So that's the only way i would ever want to hike that trail if i do ever do it again probably not but i would want to finish there for sure
1: it's a grand finale right yeah
2: grand finale uh, versus like the road that's the other alternate you hike on a road and (laughs) there it is no Mm i'm not doing that um so yeah i i'd say glacier national park is it a there, goat haunt?
0: Is goat haunt the the terminus uh, on Waterton?
2: I've never heard that term before goat haunt. No, there no. there
1: is there is an actual, you know, pylon at the, oh I see. Okay. at the border with Canada there. yeah. Okay. we uh, Jason and I were up there. I did somehow get coerced into running a half marathon in Glacier with Jason. and uh, as part of that trip, we kind of coupled that with a little exploration. We did an entire circuit around. Glacier and Waterton, you know, yeah, by car mostly with some day hiking and stuff and, and uh, took the ferry across the lake um, to where they have like a border crossing, you know, and you have to, you know, check yeah. your passport and that sort of thing. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. And it, and it is amazingly beautiful. It'd be a great place to like finish.
0: Yeah. I, I think I know, I'm wondering if, yeah, I'll have to look on a map and figure out where it is because I know like the, where the trail is. I've started at the border and hiked into glacier from like the border, you know, South. And it's not that that isn't pretty, but it wasn't like, you know, Goat Haunt. I'm like, that would be like where you want to finish, you know?
2: (laughs) I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Goat Haunt. Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: And it's a ferry. And then you, there's a ferry that will then take you up to the Prince Charles or whatever it is, the, the fancy lodge and on Lake Waterton that you can drive Mm -hmm. to. So, but yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Glacier is just amazing. And that it really year, is. Yeah, Glacier is amazing. Glacier <laughs>
0: is something special. There's no doubt. For Especially for backpacking. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess I need to give a shout out to the Wind River Range in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. There was nobody there. Um, yeah. Well, for the most part. Yeah. And it was just epic Mm -hmm. uh there were on the cdt there were some major blowdowns the worst blowdowns i've ever been through i have scars still from these blowdowns crawling over stuff Mm -hmm. the mosquitoes were awful like just attacking me while i was trying not to get impaled uh, but it was all worth it. <laughs> so the Wind River Range.
0: That's where uh, that's where the Fitzpatrick Wilderness is. My wilderness. I have my own wilderness in the Wind River Range. That, that just belongs to me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. We gotta go. <laughs> I've been. I did. I did. I did one night overnight there. I'm like I have to at least do one night. So I did. I did a one night. There's there's some bigger amazing trips there that I need to go and, and do. But I did do an overnighter there. It's
2: amazing in that area. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And, um, oh, I'm trying to think there's one more place I wanted to mention. Um, oh, Colorado, the San Juans in Colorado. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And secluded, very secluded. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those are kind of the main CDT areas I would go back to. Yeah. I just,
3: uh, I just bike packed on the San Juan part of the CDT and I would prefer to have been hiking and not pushing my fully loaded bike over those mountains.
2: <laughs> yes. I saw some bike packers yeah. as I was hiking through and, um, yeah, they were, uh, eventually you have to walk the bike up. <laughs> oh <to> yeah. <laughs> so it yeah. would be tack- I was
3: like leapfrogging with a, th- 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 with a through hiker.
2: And I was like, what does that say? <laughs> right. But then on the downhill, like, you haven't made
1: so Carol really been a great conversation. It's been fun to meet you virtually mm-hmm. and I feel like I know you much better now. Um, the I know that you've got a lot going on with Threwer. you've got your own podcast, you've got the ceramics and everything else. How can people find you online and where can they connect with you?
2: Oh, great. Yeah. So, um, personally, I'm mostly active on Instagram and YouTube. So YouTube is cheer on the trail. And I showcase my ceramics and my hiking on there because they're very intertwined. And Instagram is just my name. So it's C-A-R-O-L-L-C-O-Y-N-E, Carol L coin. And for Thruwer, if, if you know, um, even part of your community, um, if you want to get involved with the long-distance hiking community, if you're curious about the long-distance hiking community, you can start at the Thruwer website. We would love to see you on there. We'd love nice. to have you. Um, if you're planning a long distance hike, if you're an experienced hiker, um, it's www.thruer.com, and that's T-H-R-U dash R. <laughs> it's short for Thru Hiker mm-hmm. and, um, Dirtbag Ceramics. Uh, you can just connect with me at my website or sign up for the newsletter. It's dirtbagceramicsandgoods.com. Ceramics mm-hmm. and So those are the main ones.
0: And if you're a <laughs> troll, don't go to Thruer. Just go to the SoCal Hiking yeah. Facebook page.
2: You'll be oh cut gosh. out.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, wait to. a minute, but yeah. and, and,
1: and and what if they're interested in corporate finance? What yeah, they? if they're interested <laughs> in corporate finance, yeah. consulting or Excel
3: no, tips.
2: LinkedIn. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: you.
0: Yeah.
3: LinkedIn. Yeah. Ah, yes. Okay. You know, yeah. I,
2: unless you need a consultant, I'm your girl. Yeah. <laughs> Let me <All> know.
0: Right. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Carol. That was yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. This has been yeah, awesome. Thanks, Cher. Oh. Thank you so much.
2: It was fun having you. <laughs> it's been wonderful talking with you all.
0: Well, that's going to do it for us. Please make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on social media on Instagram at almost there underscore AP or the almost there adventure podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to support us financially, you can subscribe to our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash A T A P. You can find Saveria at adventure us women. That's adventure. U S women. Jeff at the SoCal hiker or me at the Muir project. Our title track, Almost There, is performed by Opus Orange and is provided courtesy of Emoto. For more about this episode and all of our others, make sure to check out our show notes on our website, almostthereadventurepodcast.com. On the next episode, we talk to author and through hiker Nicole Antoinette. As always, thanks for listening.